This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. TL Talk Radio Season 6, Episode 14. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 14 of TL Talk Radio, a regular podcast with Lynn Funy-Hatton and Randy Ziegenfuss, where our goal is to engage you in learning, motivate you to share your work, and inspire you to lead for the change we need in schools for the digital age. I'm Lynn Funy-Hatton. And I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. Today, we're speaking with Jenny Finn, head of school and co-founder of Springhouse Community School. Jenny has been with us on TL Talk Radio twice previously in Season 5, Episode 16, where we talked about community internship programs and open-walled learning. And again, Season 4, Episode 28, where she was joined by her collaborator, Ezekiel, and they were sharing their thoughts on this idea of critical friends. Jenny and Springhouse Community School have also been featured on the Shift Your Paradigm podcast two times. This time, we're speaking with her about adult education. So Springhouse Community School is a learning environment in Floyd, Virginia, offering holistic learning opportunities for youth and adults. Jenny's research, mentoring, and teaching foster greater intimacy with all of life by exploring creative and courageous ways to face difficulty and navigate difference. She's honored to be of service to the important mission of connection and relationship building at Springhouse Community School. So welcome to the podcast, Jenny. Thank you so much. So good to be with you two again. Good to be with you as well. Thank you so much for joining us. So let's start our conversation today with a, how about a personal story about how you got connected to this idea of adult education? I'll just share a story that was, um, for me, a really powerful um, learning opportunity I I had in my my late 20s. And um, basically, I had just uh, finished my master's in social work and had gotten my license. And so was getting ready to, most of my practice was at that time um, working in hospitals, working in the trauma department, um, working with cancer survivors. So um, I, before I wanted to just jump into working in the field of social work, I um, felt like I actually needed more education believe it or not, even after I had graduated from a really good program. um, What I felt like I was missing was the opportunities for personal development, the opportunities. So I had learned a lot about techniques. I learned how to do a community scan. I'd learned how to do intakes and case management, how to interview clients, all those things that you learn when you're um, going to school for uh, to be a social worker. And what I didn't really learn was um, who I was. And I did not 
really learn that in my undergraduate education either, nor in high school. Um, and so I had come out of um, my master's in social work feeling like, wow, I, uh, I really need to get to know myself better before I go and start working with other people in the way that a social worker does. So I ended up, um, I don't know how I found it, but I found a program actually called Clinical Pastoral Education, which mostly is required for people who are um, in their master's in divinity, which is interesting. So when I um, signed on to the program, basically what the program is, is for a year, well, sometimes you can do it for a semester too, but I chose to do it for a year, you work in a particular setting, and in my case, it was in a hospital, and you work half the day, um, and then the other half of the day, you're in a peer group where you are bringing your work that you've done in the hospital um, to the peer group, and you're really rigorously going over it with a supervisor also in such a way that you're looking at your areas of growth you're celebrating your strengths, but I remember more of the year being looking at the ways that I was, um, the, the areas that I really needed to grow in, some of my shortcomings and the way they were showing up in my work. So it was incredibly rigorous. I worked both in the hospital and at hospice and then um, on the weekends in the trauma department. And then half of my week was working um, with this peer group and with the supervisor to really see um, who I was in my work. And that more than anything, that experience of both having the, the working experience and having the mentorship of someone who had been in the field for a long time, my supervisor, um, and then to have peers, it, it was very interdisciplinary. I was the only social worker at the table um, one person was a lay ministry kind of person in their church. Another one was a chaplain. Um, the focus wasn't so much on, uh, even on spirituality or religion. It was more on who are you and how does that affect your work? Mm -hmm. So I was profoundly affected by this program. Um, so much so that I, I think of it often I was much, I mean, well, much younger. I was 20 years younger. That seems, I think that's right. Yeah. And um, I, I just, it was very um, instrumental in making me the person that I am now. So I've remembered that going into, as we structure our adult education at Springhouse, how important it is to not only be learning, um, have, you know, gaining knowledge, and learning skills, but also, uh, I would say deeply becoming friends with yourself, especially the parts of yourself that um, you'd maybe rather not be friends with. <laughs> so that seems like a good segue into, um, you know, what you're offering at Springhouse in terms of adult education and why you've chosen to uh, branch in that direction. Yeah, so our mission at Springhouse is to reimagine the purpose and practice of education, which is enormous. And we're doing that by fostering holistic development in youth and adults. So um, our vision is even uh, more immense and bold, I think. And our vision really is to 
be a community of lifelong learners who have a sense of um, true belonging and who feel in, who are connected to themselves, to each other, and to the planet. So it really, Springhouse Community School is really more than a school. It's a learning community that is committed to um, really reimagining culture, um, really reimagining culture in a way that we as a community orient around values that are sustainable, values like connection, values like integrity, trust, resiliency, creativity, and individuality. Um, and so it's really an experiment in a lot of ways using education as um, really the, the agent for change and culture. And so that has to include adults. That can't just be um, uh, teenagers in the school separate from the community where the only um, people, you know, just the construct that we have around school where the only people people that um, the young people are interacting with is um, teachers. And so they certainly are interacting with course facilitators, but they're interacting with a lot more adults than that. Mm -hmm. So um, what, what do we offer for adults as far as programming to learn? Um, right now, we are offering, um, the first thing I'll say is uh, something called the well residency. And so the well has taken many forms and basically the well used to be a program for young adults, people in their twenties um, that would come and do the kind of work that I was talking about that I did in clinical pastoral education, except for their context is not a hospital, it's a school. So these, these young adults were connected in some way to the Springhouse um, seventh through 12th grade program. And then they were also meeting weekly um, as a group to um, do that deeper work of looking at where their strengths are and where their areas of growth are and doing that not just through cognitive dialogue kind of ways, but creative artistic ways, using dance, using visual arts, using theater um, to get to know themselves. And so it's pretty um, rigorously creative and I would also say vulnerable. So um, that we decided just this year that it was structured in such a way that it used to be a semester program. It was an eight week program. Um, now it's nine months. Wow. A big, big commitment, right? So how, how really often for nine months? <laughs> so basically the person becomes a resident of Springhouse. So right now we have two. Um, one relocated from Oregon, another uh, relocated from the Eastern shore of Virginia. Um, and they are working at the school 20 hours a week. Um, and I wouldn't say working there. I mean, they are working, but it's more of that, that um, the frame for it is they're in the school, um, getting to know the school and then eventually engaging in projects that are important to them. And the rest of the time, they're either through small group meetings, which happen once a week. So there's three hour meetings once a week, which is a lot. Um, and there's peer mentoring. So they're partnered with the other people in the well residency and they have a plan that they follow, a personal development plan. Um, so they're um, engaged in all of the adult programs that I'll tell you about. Mm -hmm. um, and it's pretty rigorous. So it's nine months where they're doing, they're on the ground at Springhouse working with the teens, 
while also doing the personal development work. So mm -hmm. it's very similar to the program that I started off um, talking to you all about. So the purpose of that is really what is so powerful is to have that longevity, to have that time, that nine months of time where really truly transformation can occur. When you have these short sort of, um, and this is the kind of work I used to do where it would be in a retreat form or a workshop series, there's nothing wrong with those forms. But for me, um, and for what Springhouse is good at, which is depth, really depth education, you need time. You need time to develop those relationships. You need a consistency of practice um, to even change habits or behaviors that aren't working for you. Um, to be in a community that's oriented around lifelong learning can really help a person um, step into the life that they really want to lead. And so that's not just for young adults. That's for um, any adult looking for maybe they're shifting in um, in their career. Maybe they're wanting more depth in their life. Maybe they're just wanting the space to um, to better know themselves. Maybe they want to learn how to work with teens, which, as we all know, is challenging and in the best ways and also really hard ways. So um, the well residency is one that's probably obviously I'm um, not probably the um, most in-depth adult offering that we have. And my my hunch is, you know, that's not going to be 10 people in that program. That's going to be between probably two and five a year coming into that program because of the level of commitment um, it requires. Other offerings that we have are um, we do a lot of dancing at Springhouse. We've which... seen evidence of that. <laughs> <laughs> we do a lot of dancing um, and we just returned from a, we take three trips a year and we just went up to a school that was founded by teens up in Wisconsin. Oh, interesting. And yep, they're great. Um, happy to connect you with them. Um, they um, had us up and we just were learning about school culture and um working with them in that way. And we ended up bringing dance. Our students really wanted to bring dance up there. And so it was really cool to see our teens just having the comfort to just really step in and, to this practice and share it with, with another school. It was pretty amazing to see. So it's a big part of our seventh through 12th grade program. It's a way, it's a primary way, I would say that we build community and singing is another way. So, um, we have uh, something we call sacred dance, and that's for adults, and that happens um, fall, spring, summer. We do retreats, and then we offer um, a series, which is every other week, and that has consistently grown every year. There's probably now 40 adults on the dance floor, um, and we started much smaller, between probably 8 and 10. So it keeps growing every year. And now that we've moved into a new building, which is a miracle and amazing, and it's a work of art. It was built by a local woodworker here in Floyd. Um, it's an incredible, beautiful sanctuary with these big timber frame, um, this timber frame ceiling, and it's a, the perfect place to dance. So we have much more space now. Um, so why do we do that? Um, why would one even come? It's not like you're learning 
uh, particular form and you're going to do some kind of performance. It's more literally like a way to be in community together, um, which isn't uncommon. You know, if you have traveled around the world and um, seen how people connect through music and dance and stories mm -hmm. and song, but it is definitely lacking in our culture. Um, so um, many adults are coming, I think, to connect with each other in a different way other than simply talking. So um, it's a great way for adults to, I think, um, get to know themselves, get to know each other, and also I would say heal and grow. Um, and, and the other thing along with, with dance is um, mentoring. So we offer mentoring for adults and I'm the primary mentor in that program. So um, this is something I've done for decades now um, where adults come and, and they're really doing the work of um, seeking meaning and purpose in their life. So they're wanting to have that space and guidance to be able to listen deeply to um, the questions that they want to live out in their life. And um, I know for me, ever since I'm, I'm 49 now, and ever since I was 19, I've had a mentor and some kind of practice in my life that keeps me connected to myself. So um, the adults who are coming for mentoring are, are just really, um, like I said, I think seeking that guidance in a place where they can um, work through, maybe not even answer the questions they have, but learn how to um, live more deeply from them. Mm -hmm. So those are the three, you know, the while residency, sacred dance, and um, mentoring are right now, the three primary ways that adults can come and engage in programs for adults. But there are plenty of ways that adults are involved in the learning on the ground with the teens, for instance, internships, apprenticeships, um, lots of folks in the community who have retired and really want to share their gifts with the teens come in um, and offer, uh, uh, we have one um, man who's coming in who's really awesome retired um, attorney coming in to teach about, um, he's an environmental attorney, so he's going to talk about the environmental crisis that we're in. Um, next semester and then the next semester he's going to do a civics course that he calls radical civics and he um educates about our governance structure but also some of the problems associated with it hmm. so um so that's just another way that we um we um give adults opportunities to learn and grow right alongside young people so one of the connections that I'm making as you're describing this is you're really transforming this idea of community in the school learning environment. And school meaning that it's the place for the young learners to be. You're sort mm -hmm. of really, it sounds like you're designing uh, a hub for community learning where everyone is a learner regardless of what your age is and you get to interact and uh, your hub is really providing uh, those variety of opportunities, not only to the young learners, uh, but also the adult learners that are curious and interested in those opportunities that you're providing. So I think transforming this idea of what we think of community as in a in a school setting. Mm -hmm. And multi-generational. Definitely. Yeah, it's pretty yes, unique. Yes, well said. 
pretty unique. So <laughs> as you're as yeah. you're uh, implementing this vision and creating these opportunities, what are some of the challenges that you've experienced along the way? So we probably have listeners that are curious about this. So share with us what have been some of those uh, bumps in the road. I think you know I keep. I keep hearing, so you've, you've talked with Ezekiel and Ezekiel is a dear friend and um, one of the co-founders of Springhouse. And he said something years ago when we were just starting this, um, he said, Springhouse is a place to grow elders. And by elders, and he's right, um, by elders, we don't mean just older people. Um, one, our work is really deeply informed by uh, an eco-psychologist, depth psychologist who um, developed a developmental framework for humans. Um, his name's Dr. Bill Plotkin. And he talks about how our adolescents are, um, in our culture, are often lost because they don't have the guidance of adults and elders who have, who are, who have done the work to, to live the life they want to live, if that makes sense. Adults who are inspired. And I don't mean happy all the time. I mean, just like, kind of just grateful to be here <laughs> and be here and be living a life of meaning and purpose. Um, adults who are taking care of themselves and um, know how to navigate difficulty and the unknown and uncertainty and those kinds of things. Um, teenagers need that. They need that um, solid kind of uh, container to learn and grow up in. And um, so I think one of the challenges is, is uh, you know, I just was actually in a mentoring session yesterday with an adult and we were talking about all the millions of ways in our culture that we have to um, check out of our lives um, through food. I mean, you go to the grocery store and there's a hundred million cereals on the shelf that you can choose and many of them are loaded with sugar. And so it's like all of this, um, we can use food, we can use social media, we can use busyness, all of these ways to um, not stay present to our lives because it, it's hard actually and vulnerable to be a human being. And um, so I think one of the challenges is that many of us adults, um, which I totally get because I was an expert at this as a young person, um, we don't wanna check in to our lives. There's a lot, especially if we've checked out for a long time, it's kind of like returning to a garden that has been not tended to. And we know, I don't know about you all, but I know what that looks like here. Neither one of us gardens. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure, I, I but I get the analogy. The analogy. So it, we return, right? And we go, oh God, oh my God, there's so many weeds and there's so many, you know, I don't even know where the garden bed is anymore and that whole thing. And we say, forget it. I don't really want to do it. So, um, I think that's one of the challenges is um, uh -huh. trusting that there are adults who want to do the kind of work we're offering. Uh -huh. um, and so far, we see them and they're coming. Um, and it's, uh, I would say another challenge is when you're older and you're an adult and you have found strategies and ways to cope in the world 
even if you want to heal and move beyond them, um, doing the, that work is super hard mm -hmm. and very rigorous and terribly vulnerable. Um, and especially in the ways that we do it, which are holistic, it's not just sitting and talking. Um, it, there's a whole myriad of ways that we do that. So I think it's challenging even once you're in it, even if you've said, okay, I'm in, then when you're in, you're like, oh my, oh dear, I don't, I don't know if this is what I want to do. Um, so, and I would also say just, I don't even know if I see this as a challenge anymore, but others definitely might, and it probably is. Um, you know, we're in a small rural town in Appalachia, um, and we're not in a big city um, where opportunities like spring houses are offering, um, it might be more familiar. You know, I think of uh, just being in more of an urban setting, there's certainly people might be familiar with um, opportunities like yoga or even dance um, as a practice to get to know yourself. There might be more familiarity with that. Um, and so we also have that challenge. We are located near some um, smaller places like Blacksburg where Virginia Tech is and that sort of thing. Um, but one of our challenges is, you know, we have, we have so much going on on the ground that marketing and outreach um, can also be difficult to get the word out, to know where to get it out with like what you said, Randy, you know, it's unique and different. And so making sure we're going to the right audiences and not expending our time in ways that, um, that we don't need to be. Um, yeah, and I think another challenge um, is that this is really different. I mean, to be a school that is more than a school, that is a learning community, where community is actually really the crucible for learning. It's the place for all of us where we're all in it. We're all learning and growing. Um, that construct is really old and indigenous actually, but super new in Western culture. And so it's, sometimes hard to even understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, so I think it doesn't deter us from our mission. Um, and like I said, our, our mission and vision are deeply rooted in, in some, um, in, in work of uh, Dr. Greg Cajete, who wrote Look to the Mountain, which is all about ecological education. Dr. Bill Plotkin, who wrote Nature and the Human Soul. Um, people, men, my mentor, Dr. Len Fleischer, um, people who are really looking to reimagine what it looks like for our adolescents to grow up in this culture, that we have to have healthy rites of passage. And you can't have a healthy rite of passage if you don't have healthy adults who are living not, and I'm not, I'm not saying perfect adults, mm -hmm. I'm saying adults who have their feet on the ground and are living the life that they want and understand that life is hard and we have to learn how to be with that. Mm -hmm. We have to learn how to navigate difficulty. Otherwise, I'm not sure how our teens are going to learn that if they don't see it, you know? That definitely resonates with me as I have a, I don't know if you know this, Jenny, I have a 17-year-old, 16-and-a-half-year-old right mm -hmm. now. So uh, that really resonates that he has to figure <laughs> out, has to come to grips with some some ideas, right? So that makes sense. And having adult mentors and adult learners around him is probably would be very helpful. 
So you shared a couple of experts yeah. with us, and um, yeah. we added to the podcast last season our lightning response questions to, to try to get some more resources for our listeners. Um, so mm. we'll include the um, the people and book you just mentioned, but maybe there's something else you want to add or you want to clarify. Who's one expert our listeners should connect with to learn more about this idea of adult and young adult education? Yeah, right when you said that. So young adult and adult education, I could even put the word um, development instead of education. They're kind of the same, right? It's that learning and growing. Um, I would absolutely say because of his, um, he has several works out there. Dr. Bill Plotkin, who I mentioned, he wrote Nature and the Human Soul. He also wrote um, Wild Mind. he founded Animus uh, Institute, which is in Durango, Colorado. He's on our advisory council. Um, he's a big supporter of our work. And um, and basically what's happening is what he's written about in Nature and the Human Soul is a, a very large tome of a, of a work. Um, he, we're doing, we're really living in, on the ground and in practice what he has written about. Um, and basically what that is, is he, he really, um, he sees our culture in, in need of, um, growing up. And so growing up and out of adolescence and really the developmental phase of adolescence is, um, a time when we're oriented around the ego, which isn't bad. I mean, we hear ego often and we're like, oh, that egomaniac or whatever, but we do need a strong sense of self, a strong ego to navigate the world. Um, but then there, when we grow up, there has to be more than that. There has to be more than just me. And um, there has to be community. There has to be um, connection to the natural world, to the earth. Um, and his developmental framework invites us through tasks that move us out of an egocentric way of life and into a more ecocentric way of life, into a way that connects us to all those things I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So I think if people wonder about why we would structure learning in this way, um, his work, particularly around adolescent development, um, would be very important to look at. It would give a person some real understanding of our vision and our mission. If you were recommending another book to our listeners, what might that book be? I'm going to say this book, Lynn. Where You Go Is Not Who You'll Be by Frank Bruni. I'm reading it right now. And why would I mention that with adult education? And it actually kind of, when you spoke up about your son, Lynn, I also have a son who's um, 17, 18 soon in like two weeks. And, um, Wow, that's amazing. Um, So (laughs) this book is powerful because I think what I'm finding is when teens get, um, you know, on on the end of uh, the adolescent years where our kids are in their 17, 18 years old, we know this, all of this pressure that starts to come around college. And um, you've got to get the right one. You've got to go, you have this pressure that they have to know at 18 years old, um, the course of their life. And I think that is really problematic. And I actually think it's fear-based. And I think it's um, often uh, 
the fear of um, adults that are afraid that their child is going to be lost and not going to know what to do and all of that stuff. And um, I mean, we've seen it even in the news, right, where people are, you know, bribing um, higher ed institutions to mm-hmm. get, right? And so this is like, this is that fear of um, my kid's not going to be okay. And often, frankly, that's a reflection of I'm not okay. I'm not okay as an adult. Mm-hmm. And I'm scared that my kid's not going to be okay either. And so one of the things this book does is really kind of um, breaks down the myth that in the pressure of you have to pick the right one or your life will be ruined. (laughs) Like that whole thing is just horrible. It's a horrible story to invite our young people into. And so I'm telling my own son, please, please do not worry. It's the, the world is, there are so many opportunities available to you. Um, Relax, enjoy your senior year enjoy your time with your friends, enjoy your learning and, and just, um, yeah, talk with your advisor. And I, and I really encourage my son's advisor to ask him great questions about where he sees himself next and what might be the next step, not for the rest of his life, but just the next step. And so what, why I recommend that book is not so much a meta framework for human development, but more, I think, addressing what's happening when adults are not doing that work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're not doing the work of personal development and growing up that our fear can kind of, um, not kind of, fear can really wrap around our kids in a yeah. way that's not. Well, as we were talking, I just shared that um, book with a friend through Messenger so that it, it really resonates with me too right now at this time where we're talking about college. Mm-hmm. So um, sounds like a good mm-hmm. one for us all to check out. All right. Definitely. So to wrap up our conversation today, Jenny, what's next for you? What's next for Springhouse? What's next for adult education at Springhouse? Well, like I said, we've just um, had the incredible gift of a couple of people um, buying us a new school. Wow. Which is amazing. We are in an incredibly beautiful building that is now home for us with 11 acres and um, a beautiful garden. It used to be a um, Chinese medicine clinic. And so it's just a lovely place. And so we're gonna spend um, this year and many years to come living in to that place, um, both in our seventh through 12th grade program, um, in our homeschooling program. We have a program um, for homeschoolers and also um, in our adult programming um, area. So one of the ways I see us in adult programs moving toward and growing is actually in the area of earth connection. So that's a really important practice to myself, to many of us at Springhouse, where we go and actually um, build a relationship with the earth. Um, and, And we can do that in all kinds of ways, just simply by being outside a lot more, which we are, Um, but also, doing work like spending the whole day, if you can imagine, um, and sometimes days and nights um, outside with just yourself in the woods. In a tent? Um, and um, I've done it without a tent, um, <laughs> sitting through the night outside a couple nights, I tell you, 
I don't think I've done, I've done a lot of practices to get to know myself, but that was the hardest mm -hmm. for sure. Um, you got nothing. You got no phone, no books. Um, it's you and, and this earth. And I think that is, I, I think that's where, where we're headed is mm -hmm. to build that relationship. And that again is, can be a, believe it or not, it can be a real hard sell. <laughs> and so, oh, oh, I'm believing that. <laughs> Randy, so are you believing that? <laughs> I'm shaking my head. Audience listeners do not yeah. know which way I'm shaking my head. <laughs> Good one, Randy. Good one. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we can look out the window and see, you know, I'm looking out the window right now, how beautiful it is. I think we all can agree that we can find such beauty mm -hmm. in the earth. Um, but I think that's the first step of connection. And there's a, we got a long way to go because another person who I love is Thomas Berry. And one of my favorite books is uh, Dream of the Earth. And he talks about how you can only care for what you value. And you really only value what you feel connected to. And so just observing the earth as like a, a thing of beauty is a beautiful thing, obviously. Um, but the connection, I think, needs to go much deeper if we're going to care for the planet in the ways that, it, that I think we need to. So that's where we're headed with adult programming. Um, and um, I'm really excited. I, Springhouse has been around, this is our sixth year. And um, it's really lovely. We are so grateful to have a home that we can grow all of our programs in, including the adult program. And the beautiful thing too about adult programming is um, with our dance retreats, with the residency, um, you don't have to live in Floyd. You can come, our last dance retreat, we had participants from New Jersey, from Colorado, from um, North Carolina, and then from Floyd in our, our region. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, this sounds really interesting, I really encourage you to go to our website, to the adult page and look because there are options um, if you wanted to just come for a weekend retreat or if you're kind of listening and going, I'm ready for more. Um, the nine month program, like I said, has brought people from outside of Floyd as well. Thank you so much. We appreciate mm -hmm. the conversation and your ideas, the book recommendations, and for our listeners to learn more about Jenny's work and Springhouse, um, take a look at some of those links in the show notes, including the books. Each episode, we leave you with a question to think about with the idea of provoking reflection and conversation. This episode's question, what might be the added value of an adult education program or development in your organization. And if you've enjoyed this episode, would like to comment or check out the resources uh, shared today, visit the show notes at TL Talk Radio and look for season six, episode 14. That's all for this episode. We'll be back with more conversations featuring other innovative thought leaders. Thanks again, Jenny. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you both so much. So great to be with you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments, you can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.